Welcome to Let's Get Our Ship Together, a queer women of color debrief on the latest in queer lady and POC representation in television and film. I'm Aphrodite. And I'm Amira. And we are going to be dishing about Kadena and Jane and Sutton in episode seven of The Bold Type. It was a lot. I'm happy that they gave us the storyline that we were sort of low-key hoping for because we were like, oh, maybe they'll go like, you know, the non-monogamy route, open relationship. But I was like, realistically, they probably won't. And then they did. That's exactly what they did. And I, I, kept, I was like, oh, I would love to see them explore that with a queer relationship. And that's what they did. I mean, Jesus. Do the writers listen to this podcast? Right? <laughs> because, 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 like the last several podcast episodes, we've talked about, well, how are they going to deal with, you know, Kat being a gaby and wanting to explore? How are mm-hmm, they going to keep mm-hmm. Adina as a series regular? And I think part of the reason why we're so shocked and surprised, even though we were hoping for this, it's sort of like what happens when your dreams actually come true. You don't know what to do with yourself. This was beyond my wildest fangirl dreams. I just did not see this ever happening where we would get not only like a fantastic and prioritized interracial queer women of color ship, but also now they're non-monogamous. I know. Whoa, there's just so much that they could have done. And I think part of the reason why we're, we're still shocked by this outcome, and I should say that I really, really regretted not recording a reaction video as soon as it all happened. Because oh, I, I was know. like, <laughs> I, I was sitting on the t- couch with Natasha, and literally during that scene where Adina sits her down and has her notes, we screamed. I screamed Bloody Mary, and then I <laughs> fell to the floor. I did not know what to do with myself. We were just screaming because we're like, oh, my God, are they doing this? Are they doing this? They're doing this. They're doing this. Oh, my God. In season one, we, I, sort of, I sort of brought up, like, is Adina Polly or is she, is she non-monogamous? Because she seems like someone who would be totally open to it. And voila. In all fairness, it did seem like it was a difficult decision for her to make. So I don't know if this is, like, her natural, her preference in relationships, but she did her homework at some point in her life. Maybe it was right before this because, yeah, like she had her notebook. She was setting rules. What I do want to know, though, which she didn't explicitly cover is, does it go both ways? Is Adina also allowed to date around? Because it sounded like she was just opening it up for Kat. I get it. Like, I get why it would be just Kat if either of them, but it seems a little unfair if Adina can't also be hooking up at the same time. Who knows? (laughs) So one thing that um, Natasha brought up with me, we, you all met Natasha in last week's podcast episode, and I've done a little bit of debriefing with her about it only because we watched it live together. And you're finally and giving she, her credit. Yes, I'm giving her credit for her ideas. Okay? Yes. <laughs> I'm not afraid to say that I'm brilliant by myself too. Okay, I come up with we all good know stuff. It. We all know it. Thank you. Thank you. One thing to make note of is that uh, they are not poly. They are not identifying as poly. They're not saying that they want to be non-monogamous forever. This is a very sort of fixed set of conditions under which they are open. That is, namely, that Adina is not free to sleep with other women because Adina's already had plenty of experiences with other women. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. that Kat is so new to her sexuality now that she hasn't had an opportunity to explore. And the only way for the two of them to stay together while Kat figures her shit out as a gaby is for is for that side of the relationship to be open. My view is that there this is going to be like the major story arc and then eventually the relationship will close again once Kat has this out of her system. I I hope that that's what happens and I'm I'm hoping that because this show has a habit of giving us happy endings which I really appreciate from it. 
just I don't want any more sadness, you know, in my life. <laughs> it's like if I'm watching something fictional, I just want it to be happy because real life isn't very happy all the time. <laughs> but, you know, I was nervous about it because I was like, oh, you know, in my personal experience, from what I've witnessed from my numerous friends who have attempted this in their relationships, an open relationship signals the beginning of the end. Mm. Um, you know, it's like it's a really like grasping at straws attempt to keep them together knowing that if they don't make it open, one of them will cheat or cheat again, and that will destroy the relationship for good. So they're like, okay, let's make it so that you're like allowed to do those things, but like we still come back to each other in the end. And then, you know, somebody catches feelings or somebody's feelings get hurt or both. And, you know, within a matter of months, it's like they call it quits. So I'm hoping that they're going to do better. And it seemed like because Adina was laying down these rules, which were good rules and one of them was that cat she didn't want to know what cat was doing like i don't want to hear about it and then cat of course <laughs> ends up breaking that rule towards the I end know. of the episode but first i loved cat's commentary on lesbian tinder oh my god it was about like the dogs everybody <laughs> yeah. has a dog or a cat and what, what's with the what She's was it swiping shih tzus? left on them yeah shih tzus. yeah oh my gosh that I mean, I hilarious. swipe right on the dogs if, you know, why not? I'm a left swiper on pets. You know, that's not going to make me swipe left or right, but, like, it's like an added bonus. Like, oh, and maybe I'll get to meet that pet. <laughs> oh, my God, stop. <laughs> if like, I already like the yeah. girl. Like, it's not, you know, if I was going to swipe left on the girl anyway, I'm not going to swipe right just because of the dog or the cat or whatever. But that stuff actually kind of frustrates me because people will put in their little um, profile stuff like uh, you have to like my dog or must love cats or dogs or like you're going to love my puppy or whatever. Um, That that stuff really like doesn't sit well with me because being forced to like something that I don't know I like yet. Does that make sense? And that's why you have the option to swipe left. I think it's good that they put those things in their bio because then you know like, oh, okay, (laughs) this isn't going to (laughs) work. Yeah. What if I meet your dog and we don't get along? Like, yeah, well, I feel like you're just not really, like, a pet person in general. No, not you're really. Not, you're not very – you don't have that connection with – which is fine. Listen, a lot of people I, are like that. <laughs> I, I don't still see follow it. your cat's Instagram, okay? I really I appreciate still... that. I can't tell you how much I appreciate. <laughs> I know that you do, and I, I love you for it every day. <laughs> now, here's the thing. I was actually pretty upset uh, with the storyline this episode. So I was happy in, in some ways because I was like, wow, the writers really decided to go down this route, which is explore something we've literally never seen before on network television. Uh, we've never seen a lesbian relationship explored like this. And that's yeah. because most writers don't know what to do once they get the couple together. The only thing they know how to do is break them up again. There's so much pressure to give queer couples a happy end that involves a wedding and a baby because they really don't know how else to navigate a non-heteronormative relationship and and that's what happens when you have heteronormative writers you know like that's Mm -hmm. all that's the only life they know and like i'm sorry straight people but like apparently you're boring because (laughs) that's the only thing they seem to know how to write about i know and the other reason why i think hetero writers don't know what to do with it is because they don't know how to introduce new queer characters. Mm -hmm, That is, they mm -hmm. don't know how to introduce a new queer character who isn't someone that they cheat with. Now what we're getting with this storyline is essentially lesbian sex encounters for the rest of the season, at least with other people who are not Adina. Uh, So that's stuff, some stuff that I'm really excited about. And we can talk about the girl that she hooked up with in a bit, but here's why I was kind of upset at the end of the episode, which was Kat's immediate violation 
of their ground oh, rules. I know. I was she very hooks up with one girl that. and immediately has to tell Adina about it because Adina's literally like the only queer queer person she knows. She's her girlfriend, but she's also her friend. So mm. she wants to go tell her about this experience. But I'm like, Kat, you have two BFFs who have proven time and time again that they are down to hear all the nitty gritty about mm-hmm. your queer experiences. And I know it's not the same as like a queer audience, but you know, Adina has explicitly asked you not to tell her about these things because it, I would assume that it hurts her. But of course, Adina takes it pretty well, you know, because Kat's like, well, I really want you to know. And I'm like, okay, but Adina doesn't want to know. Well, Adina seemed like in that scene, she was like, I can handle it. That's literally what she said. She's like, okay, I can handle it. And this is, I get reason number like five trillion why she's my fantasy girlfriend. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Like I, my crush on her is so hard. And part of the reason why I'm so mad about Kat's violation of Adina's clearly communicated boundaries is because Mm -hmm. I'm jealous as fuck. Adina is the ultimate catch. She's like so mature and so cool with this. You betrayed her trust by kissing another woman and her immediate response is to give you the opportunity to explore sexually? What? And I really want to know what Adina's experience is from this. How is she feeling? How is she feeling about like getting way too much information? I think the argument that maybe this is a healthy route because they're completely honest and open with each other. But I also think that some relationships can be healthier when there are boundaries sort of established. When... You know, it's clear that you need to talk to someone, but maybe you can talk to your friends about it instead of your partner. Or your partner is made uncomfortable by explicit sexual details about you and another woman. You're not lying. You're just not disclosing all of that information. And I agree with you about the healthy relationships, but I feel like more important than like establishing the boundaries, it's both parties agree on them and both parties respect them. And Mm. twice now, Kat has not respected the boundaries. They were assumed monogamous and she kissed another girl and, you know, continue to spill that she also has been having sex dreams and think about other women, et cetera. And then she didn't she, need to tell about the sex. Dreams. She didn't need to say that. Oh at all. I mean, <laughs> I think she felt guilty because she enjoyed it and not, you know, I mean, because like we can't control our dreams. I think everyone's had a sex dream that you wake up from and you're like, what the hell was that? That was so weird. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't necessarily ask for that and you're not actually into it. I think Kat was into it and that's why she and that's why that was part of her confessions. But then Kat disrespected the boundaries again. Mm-hmm. by telling Adina about her very first so, so sorry let's let's back up a little bit so she goes on a date with this with her girl. Lyft driver she goes on a date with some like Uber driver is that what it was because I didn't understand I was like she's like giving them like a ride to the shooting range no 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 because she said it was nice of you to drive us or something like that like how did you get because she said oh. she, her work is flexible that was her saying that right okay that the, yeah because I, I don't think that was there <laughs> <laughs> Because then she was looking at her pictures later, like on her dating profile. And I'm like, I, I, so I think they like found each other on like a dating app. Okay. That's less sketchy than what I thought yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also way more believable. I mean, come on. How, how many times the lesbians actually find each other in real life in non-queer mm. settings? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still couldn't believe she had her come along when they went to the, uh, the gun range. Um, like you immediately turning a Tinder date into a group hang. Well, it, turning her into a ride. She's like, yeah, into can you just drive us? Can you give me a ride? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, it's, it's smart. I'll give her that. You know, why not? Yeah. So they eventually hook up. You know, Kat gives her the lowdown. She says, like, with her relationship, blah, blah, blah. The girl is totally down. Oh, my God. It was so awkward. I had to cover my face when she was talking to that girl. It was just so <laughs> uncomfortable for me. Oh. It was. It was. Yeah. Good luck, Kat. <laughs> yeah good luck good luck honey 
And then Kat says, please be gentle with me. And that's yeah. when we find out she's a freaking bottom. She's been a bottom this whole time, but now we know canonically that she is the bottom. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. I was so excited. That's why I texted you. And I was like, I cannot believe like we all knew it, of course, but they literally spelled it out for us in the show. Cat's a bottom. <laughs> and that's where she's been comfortable. And the girl is like, you know, I'd like you to be more dominant. And so Kat tries to figure it out. We actually see it. We see the scene where the girl tells, you know, really explains to her like what she wants. And I I love this because I feel like it's a really good depiction of communication and consent during sex that doesn't take away from the sex act itself. You know what I mean? Like they're still, they're still having a good time. It's still sexy. And both of them are like on the same page and happy. So anyway, Kat tries to be dominant She's clearly still learning, but, you know, she kind of takes it in stride. And um, and then so this is what she wants to tell Adina about that. She's so excited. Which, oh, my God. Again, I'm like, <laughs> come on, just tell Jane and Sutton like they, they're dying to hear about this. Like, bet. Yes. Don't hold out on your best friends. I appreciated that Kat asked Sutton and Jane if they've ever thought they might be gay or bi. Yes. And Sutton yep. is like. <laughs> Sutton's Sutton like, yeah, like, I thought about it. Like, thought about it and Jane's like no no which is like about the response that I expected it's exa- yeah it's exactly what you do I just feel like now that I'm as jealous as I am I can talk shit about Kat because like I'm mad at her um <laughs> and like I feel like she's just not good enough for Adina I'm just like Adina deserves better part of the reason why I'm mad about their pairing because they are not equals is because like Kat's taste in women okay in my mind I thought she was the lift driver okay I- um she- <laughs> She goes for this white girl who's like studying Eastern medicine and I'm automatically raising my eyebrows like, um, okay. Okay. She's like, she's like studying to become an acupuncturist. I'm like, oh my God, cat. Plus you didn't realize you were black until a few episodes ago. And I'm just, so I just, there are a lot of things. I'm like, oh, you have so much learning and catching up to do. And Adina is light years ahead of you. That is one way to look at it. It's certainly valid, but I feel like in a way it's like they both could do better. I mean, Adina definitely deserves a girlfriend who will like not cheat on her, which cough, cough, Adina has been cheating on her girlfriends before. So, you know, it's a little bit of a taste of her own medicine anyway. um, But she deserves, you know, a girlfriend who will respect her boundaries in multiple ways. And Kat also deserves to kind of, be a little free for a bit and explore the gay scene and see what she really wants. Adina is really great, but is Adina the best match for her, you know? And Mm. also, I mean, remember that right now, Kat's just hooking up. She's not trying to get married to an acupuncturist. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) okay. When when I went on my hoe phase, I literally had a list of my standards for casual hookups. It was very different from my list of standards for an actual serious relationship. So, Mm. you know what I mean? I'm just like, I'm looking for somebody cute to have a good time. I don't care what they're doing with their lives. I don't care if they're like financially stable or like, you know what I mean? I'm like, can you hold a conversation? Are you good in the sack? End of list. Okay. Basically. Wow. Yeah. What happened to Danielle or Daniela? That girl. Daniela. Yeah. Yeah. Daniela. Daniela. What about the Asian girl? Can you have hooked up with them? I would have been down to see that. You <sighs> know, she has a long way to go. She's going to keep hooking up. Don't worry. Okay. Okay. Cat- Maybe in the next episode. Cats um, into everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think that the, part of the reason why they're not equals is because Kat doesn't know how to call out Adina on shit. 
Like we mm. did get a little taste of that in an earlier episode when she was like, Dina, you're not being forthright with me. But Kat didn't press her on it. Why did she do what she did to Coco? Is this part of a pattern of behavior? And mm-hmm. why can Kat trust Adina going forward to not jump into a new relationship? Yeah. Um, and I also you know? want to be like, who were all of those girls? Like, just literally, like, <laughs> number them off and tell <laughs> me exactly who they all were and what your previous relationship with them was. Like, are you literally just hanging out with a gang of girls that you have slept with? Like, I mean, what's, what's going on here? Like, I know that the lesbian scene can be a little incestuous and hanging out with your exes and blah, blah, blah. But, like, that's a bit much. I don't know. Yeah. How many girlfriends has she cheated on? That's the question I want to know. Yeah, I mean, was were it just all girlfriends? Were some of them hookups? Are some of them, like, still hung up on her? Because, I don't know, man. Like, that's, it's weird. It's a little, it's a little, a little iffy. It's a bit of a red flag for me, I have to say. Mm, the fact that Adina's not disclosing information. She's not disclosing that information. She, she appears to have a pattern. We don't know if this is the first time she has cheated on a girlfriend and then dated the mistress <laughs> after <laughs> we don't and we you know and i told you before about like my my whole trust issue thing i'm like if if somebody does that like there's no way i'm gonna trust them enough to date them if i know that somebody has cheated before it's always always a huge red flag for me i don't know i've, I've never been in that situation so i can't say that i know how i'd react mm-hmm. to find to that kind of information from a partner but i can say how i would react if If a partner who I'd asked to not disclose information about their sexual dalliances with other women, I would freak the fuck out if I said this was a ground rule and I just told it to you yesterday. Yeah. And and you immediately decide to violate this ground rule. But like Adina, because she's as generous as she is, she says, I can handle it. And part of the problem with their dynamic is they have a teacher-student relationship. It's true. Adina's doing... Yeah, it's it's not it's not a balanced relationship because Adina has all the wisdom and the information, but we have not seen anything similar from Kat. Yeah, Kat is new at the at queer relationships. She's new at relationships. Period. She's um, new at queer sex. Yeah, she's she's definitely behind in this department. Um, but to be fair, to Kat's credit, we don't know what she would have done if Adina had said, "I can't handle it," hmm. and I don't want to hear it because it's going to hurt me. Would Kat then realize that this whole thing is really taking a toll on Adina and that Adina's doing it all just for Kat? I mean, Adina didn't say that. So, you know, that's probably that may not be how she feels at all. But I'm just I'm just saying if that were the case, would Kat then feel like really guilty and be like, you know what? We really just shouldn't be doing this at all if it's going to hurt you this if it's going to hurt you this much. So I don't know. I would like to think that Kat, if Adina just told her straight up, like, I can't I can't listen to it because it's going to hurt me that she would respect that and be like, okay, I'm sorry, I, I won't do that. <laughs> well, maybe part of the, the question is like, why did Adina come up with those rules? She did give a lot of thought into each of those rules. Yeah, she had them written down. She pulled out her little she book. Had, yeah, she had them written down. So what was her reason for not wanting that information from Kat? Was it because she was trying to protect herself or was it because that she's seen other people do it and that was a best practice? Is it because she's actually sensitive to that information? Um, it could be a mix of both. It could be that mm-hmm. she knows that that's a common practice and she just assumes that it would it would also be difficult for her. But then when Kat actually came to her saying like, hey, I want to tell you about this experience, she found herself realizing, OK, yeah, I can handle it. And, yeah, it's fine. 
I mean, she does tell Kat in that kitchen scene to relax when mm-hmm. she realized, and there's, and that scene was so was so great because you could see how their dynamic was shifting in that Kat was hiding information about the fact that she's on Tinder and such mm-hmm. from Adina, and Adina kind of knows what's up, and she's like, you know what, relax, it's okay, we're we're gonna get through this together. So you know, we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Obviously, I'm really proud of the writers for making the choice to do this, uh, to show us something we've never seen before. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. I, this is the type of queer women representation I would never have dreamed of. So this is like fabulous. Let's talk about Jane and Sutton's storyline this episode. They were very intertwined. Jane is getting ready for her first day back at Scarlet, going through the closets. And, um, and I say closets plural because she's looking through her own stuff as well as, well as Sutton's. And she finds what she believes to be Sutton's clarinet and then finds out Sutton begrudgingly lets her know that it's actually her gun. Jane, again, just like she was with Ben, is being, in my opinion, way too harsh. And Mm -hmm. so I already kind of saw it coming that she may have a personal connection to this, just like with Ben. So Jane ends up interviewing Sutton because she uh, pitches this idea to Jacqueline, a story with the headline, I love everything about my best friend except for her gun. <laughs> Which I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, <laughs> sure, why not? Jane is trying to interview her for the story and being very hostile about it. And I really have to applaud Sutton because she is really being quite patient with Jane the whole time. And so we start learning about her working class background, which is what you were also hoping for. And she's like, you know, I'm from central Pennsylvania. This is just the norm there. I'm personally not into guns. But if I found out that my friend was keeping a gun in the apartment, I would be upset that she hadn't told me. I think that's firmly in the, the column of things that Sutton did wrong. Mm-hmm. But in the column of things that she did right, there are a lot more things. She had it securely stored in a locked box, hidden away. There's no ammo at all in the house. So it mm-hmm. really can't even be used as a weapon as is. There were a number of missteps here. Uh, so Jane messed up because she she made a, an extremely quick judgment. She asked a lot of Sutton and then like shut down even after the fact. And then Sutton messed up by not fully acknowledging the fear behind Jane's Jane's perspective. And sometimes like a hobby is just not as important as your friend being afraid for their life, even if that That's fear true. is That's unfounded. True. I do feel like Sutton tried to acknowledge it by explaining to her, this is why I think it's safe, why I enjoy doing it. Like, it's not going to affect you in any way, just like it hasn't affected you this whole time that I've had it in the apartment and you didn't even know about it. I mean, Jane is clearly someone who is extremely idealistic. She sort of has her views. She's not open to nuance. The point that she brought up with Sutton was it's required by New York City law to have yeah. a signed affidavit from anyone you're living with if you're going to keep a gun in the, ho- in the house. And there's plenty of research showing that the mere presence of a, of a gun in the household increases the likelihood of somebody getting hurt, right? It's true, uh, yeah. So I think Jane was right to express her frustration and her real anger at, at Sutton's failure to disclose the fact that there was a gun. Sutton should have stepped back and said, my bad, why don't we talk about this? And instead she sort of huffed and puffed, right? Of course, we later find out that Jane grew up near Columbine during the Columbine shooting. And the Columbine shooting actually took place with shotguns and not with assault rifles. And so Mm -hmm. we find out that piece of information that explains why Jane has this incredibly visceral response. The shotgun gets fired at the shooting range. Sutton sort of, she discounted Jane's fear. I, I see both sides of it. 
so I did want to bring up another point, which is like how I think the Sutton and uh, Jane storyline should have played out if they were mm-hmm. both if they if they both had their shit together. First, Jane brings up the fact you're required by New York City law to to disclose this information, uh, and the fact that you withheld the information from me made me feel really unsafe. Sutton mm-hmm. should have apologized right then and there and said, "How about this?" Why don't I explain to you all the ways in which you're still safe and we can go to this shooting range and I can show you how I shoot the gun. I can show you that I'm in control of it. And then after that, we can decide whether or not you still feel comfortable with it in the, in the apartment. And then mm-hmm. if you still don't feel uncomfortable, I don't need to turn my gun into a vase or earrings. I can <laughs> store it somewhere else. That yeah. way you still feel yeah. safe and I don't have to give up this thing that I really love and I have an emotional attachment to, right? I think she could easily have stored it elsewhere. I, I um, totally agree. And I think it was, I was really impressed by at the end when Sutton told her that Betsy was going to be melted down and made into a pair of earrings. I was like, mm-hmm. wow, that's, I don't know if I would have been able to do it. I, I maybe would have stored it somewhere else, especially after, you know, I thought it was going to take a better turn when Jane found out more about Sutton's upbringing and how, you know, her mom was a heavy drinker and Sutton would have to take care of her. And um, this was like a time when she was in the shooting club in high school. That's like when she felt really in control and like she was good at something. And then Jane sort of took another selfish turn and was like, I mean, could you find that control in another way? And I'm like, come on, Jane, seriously, you just like found this mm-hmm. out about your friend. That's still all you can think about. I, w- I was pretty disappointed in Jane. And I, I was really, really impressed by Sun stepping up and, and being the bigger person about that whole Same. thing. One thing I really didn't like about Jane's storyline, because yet again, and actually twice in this episode, she had to have a man, specifically Pinstripe, give her <sighs> her ideas for how to move forward. Last time it was Ben, and this time Pinstripe is the one who Mm-mm. encouraged her to try to see it from Sutton's point of view, which is why they went to the gun range. Shaking my <laughs> damn head at Jane yeah. for always needing to talk to a man to help her figure out her shit. Stop this nonsense. One of my good friends was actually really bothered by the Ben storyline and the fact that he was included in Scarlet as one of these quote unquote good men mm-hmm. because it sort of falls under the trope of hashtag not all men. Yeah. I think they still kind of suck at dealing with male romantic interests on this show. Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah. they're making baby steps. You know what I mean? They're not, it's not something that can be cured overnight because if we're looking at the <laughs> average... sexuality cannot be cured yeah. overnight. <laughs> <laughs> it's, more, it's more the heteronormative male tropes. Yes, yes, yes. That can, you know, because if we look at on average how they're represented in the media, they're still, you know, we constantly see the storyline of a guy who's like, like should not be dating the girl that he's going after. Like she's like way better for, than he is. And, you know, he starts off by treating her like shit. Like he's like an asshole and that's the whole thing. And then eventually somehow she falls in love with him. I'm not really sure what happens in between. <laughs> if it's mm. like a flow chart, it's like missing a step. Like I'm, I, I, lit- I just don't understand it. You know, it's like, he's not attractive. He's not nice. He's not, he's not any, there's no good qualities in him. He does maybe one redeeming thing in the whole storyline. And then suddenly you know, the wedding bells are chiming. And I'm like, this is terrible. Like, is this what we're telling, you know, young women and girls that like this, this is what love looks like. This is, this is the path to a relationship. And so I no. think that the men in this show have been definitely better than that, which you're right. It's not saying much. So also like just dealing with representations of masculinity, period. Uh, I, uh, this same friend also noted that every single one of the queer women that we've seen on the show has been femme presenting. 
Uh, and even in the lesbian club scenes, we don't really see butch women. And I was kind of hoping that if Kat's going to sleep around, maybe she's also interested in other types of gender presentations. I don't yeah. know. I kind, of, I kind of thought that that was another way that they could introduce some diversity on the show. It would be very interesting to see a masculine of center queer person on the show. Yeah, no, you're right. And I think mainstream television is still very afraid of showing that for whatever reason. Because, oh, absolutely. you know, feminine women are okay. They're allowed to be shown being queer and being with other women but with masculine women you know the most we've gotten really in terms of like mainstream success is Shane from the L word <laughs> oh, that's that's all we have yeah. it's like <laughs> but Shane is like more clear-cut androgynous and not definitively mask obsessed. you're right, right you're right and that's what I'm saying that's the most we've gotten with yeah. Shane hold on Vita. We got Eddie no, on yes, Vita. Yes, we do have that. No, and we, we do have other butch women, but I'm saying in terms of mainstream, like, mass yeah. success. You no, know, Vita, right. I mean, I would love that for that show, but it's, it's not It's a smaller yet. show. Yeah. yeah. I, think, yeah. I think what you want, Aphrodite, is, like, a Kadena show. Like, you want, like, that spinoff where oh my God. the A plot, Don't we all? B plot, all of it is about Kadena and things surrounding Kat and Adina individually, together, you know, all of the above. And uh, yeah, that would be a great show. But like, I don't. <laughs> this show has other characters to cover, as it is. Um, and okay, unfortunately, fair. they're not queer. So, I mean, think about it. Clearly, the writing team and the and the showrunners are prioritizing the queer storyline. If the queer woman gets to be a regular, a series regular, and yeah. the male interests are recurring characters. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's fantastic. So, <laughs> we only have what. Three episodes left, episode eight, nine, and ten. Nine and ten, yep, you're um, right. And, like, what kind of cliffhanger are we going to get? What are we going to get with Kadena? Because they potentially resolve this issue by opening up the relationship. But what kind of heartache should I prepare myself for? They're going to mess with me. Uh, they're going to mess with all of us in the last couple yeah. episodes of the season. And I'm, like, and I'm just sort of bracing myself for what could possibly happen. You know, queers of our generation are always used to, you know, expecting the worst, bracing for the worst. So... I think that the bold type will obviously, <laughs> I mean, they're not killing anyone. So whew, we can <laughs> scratch that one off the list of possibilities. But I do, I do think it's possible that they're going to give us a little trouble in paradise, a little more trouble in paradise than we've already seen. So for your sake, Aphrodite, <laughs> <laughs> maybe have like an inhaler on hand, you know, like oh a little shower running nearby. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever it is you may need. Because, like, it could, go, it could go sour in a couple ways, right? The open relationship thing could end up going real bad. Oh, for um, sure. It could. Yeah. And, if, and if that happens, then what we're getting then is the first time that we're seeing queer non-monogamy on television screen and it's portrayed in a negative light, right? So, mm. so that's what they risk doing if it, if it sort of implodes on them or if, like, Cat messes up or Adina messes up. Then we get our single representation of queer non-monogamous relationships going badly and being negative representation. Well, Where, it could go badly, yeah. but still end in them. You know, they just decide like, okay, this isn't really for us. And we're just going to keep it like a closed monogamous relationship. So it's kind of bad representation of non-monogamy, but not of queer non-monogamy specifically. Or by the end of the season, they decide to close the relationship back up because Kat slept with a few more women and she feels like she knows what she's doing now. Yeah. <laughs> That's best case scenario. You know, they did what they came to do. She's good now. She's like, all right, Adina's the girl for me. That's it. Damn. Well, she's the girl for everybody. <laughs> she's the number one girl for you. That's for sure. We'll have to see. We'll have to see what they have in store for us. I'm excited. 
and I'm ready to see how they keep Kadena going or not. We'll find mm-hmm. out. That is the question. Right. Yeah. All right. We'll All see right. you next week, guys.